When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. All right, good to have you along for the ride tonight. Quick look at the scoreboard, courtesy of Crystal Glass. For all your glass needs, call 310-GLASS today. Now 2-2, Sharks and Senators there after two periods. Six minutes left in the second frame in Pittsburgh. The Penguins and the Bruins are tied 2-2. Coming up later tonight, the Flyers play the Avalanche and the Lightning take on the Flames. The Edmonton Oil Kings on the road tonight. They lost in overtime last night in PA. They are trailing Saskatoon 2-1. That one is early in the second period. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Great to have Brian Benning in studio. You ever uh, miss anything on Inside Sports, go to 630Ched.com. We have podcasts, audio files, all that sort of fun stuff. The Edmonton Eskimos have re-signed offensive lineman Tony Washington. He's now signed through 2019. And yesterday they announced the re-signing of kicker Sean White. And Dave Campbell spoke to Sean. Me and Ed, we talked to my agent and and uh, they agreed on what works for both of us. And... Uh, you know, I, I thought about the pros and cons of of going maybe different places. You know, or you know, I was kind of leaning maybe I should come back home to BC or type of thing. But looking at all the the pros and cons of everything, there's just no con of coming back to Edmonton. It's just it's a no-brainer to me. The team's going to be even better next year, and uh, I'm in a, such a comfortable place there. I love my special teams coaches, well, all the coaches really, and uh, and the locker room's great. It's just everything's there is great. So it's the kind of people that Ed brings in is uh, good people that uh, get along. And that's the thing is you can be from the NFL, you can be a rookie, he doesn't care where you're from. If you don't blend in with the boys, you're gone. And it's such a great locker room because of that. And uh, I, I had to come back. You know, when, when you talk about uh, you loving your coaching staff, and that was such a big story going into the 2016 season. We all know the story about the, the turnover with the coaching staff and, and Jason Moss taking over as, as head coach. What sold you on this coaching staff led by Jason Moss and more specifically with your special team coaches led by your coordinator, Corey McDermott? I mean, what, what, what sold you that, okay, this is the best fit for me? Yeah, uh, just Corey, is, he makes it fun. Uh, he's stress-free, and, uh, you know, I respect him as a coach, but I, I also respect him as a, as a friend. And uh, he, uh, he never once put any stress on me. It goes with Dave Jackson as well. Like, there's no stress. They, they know I'm a veteran, and, uh, I, I'm, and I think I'm a decent kicker that, you know, they're just going to let me do my thing, and if I know how to correct my mistakes, and they know that, so they don't really have to say, say much to me. So... Uh, they, for the most part, again, I'm, I'm allowed to go play freely. There's no stress on me whatsoever, and that's huge. And, and they make it fun. And if it's not fun, I'm not going to be playing this game anymore. So, uh, like I've been saying, everything about Edmonton is great, and it makes football fun. And, you know, if I'm going to be playing, I want to be there. 
training camp's going to be a lot more, uh, I don't know if comfortable is the right word, but I guess familiar is probably the best word. Uh, sounds like all the coaches are coming back, all the coaching staff. So that's got to be uh, a, a big-time uh, benefit for, for you, not only for you, but uh, the entire team. Yeah, exactly. And, I, you know, I consider last year a rebuilding year, and look at how good we did. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, now people know their roles on the team for the most part. I think most people, well, the core group of guys are coming back again. Uh, and people know what to expect. Now they know the new system that's in. So we'll, I expect us to be rolling right off the bat. And, uh, you know, I, f- I feel like we learned how to win together at the end of the season there, and we're really coming back hot. But, uh, again, having a coaching staff to stick together is – is great and just the whole group is great because I, I don't think I've had a the same coaching staff for more than one year in my last five years of football. It's like, <laughs> and it's real tough as a player to get uh, to get adjusted and feel comfortable in your situation when when things around you are constantly changing. So. I'm really excited the, the way this team is going. Well, your 2016 season was uh, was quite spectacular. You led the league uh, in field goal accuracy at 93.8%. The only field goal kicker uh, that was over 90%. Remarkably, you weren't an all-star. Uh, that's another story, I guess. But uh, <laughs> yes, t- tell me. Uh, I, I guess you know. And, and one stat that shows up, uh, you know, that really jumps off the page is you were 43 for 43 inside of 50 yards. So, um, what was working so well for you last year? Uh, this again, having that just a routine or uh, that same routine all the time and consistency, and having Kinger and Jordan Lynch there for two years now. Again, I've never had the same holder for more than one year. So to have those guys that are just we're always in a good rhythm. We only have to kick a few balls a day and just maintain that rhythm, and uh, it and they make it fun. Uh, Jordan Lynch, I don't, he doesn't stop joking, he doesn't stop talking, <laughs> really. But he's just a great guy to be around. Makes it fun for for me and Kinger and. Uh, Kinger brings the seriousness to everything, and I just kind of go along with it, and it's a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, again, like I've said, I, it's just a, it's just, I'm just happy to be back in a place where I'm feeling really, really comfortable. So, what does Sean White's off season look like now? You got the contract. You know you're coming back in training camp uh, in late May. Uh, what's uh, what's on the agenda for Sean White? <laughs> well, like I said before to you earlier, I, uh, I'm on two hockey teams now. Uh, so I'm playing lots of hockey. Uh, Got to stay active. I uh, tried the hot yoga last night, and I was I was a mess. That was a it's hot, man. <laughs> it's so hot. <laughs> like I already have a sweating problem as it is, and this it felt like someone was just running a water bottle off my head. Like I was just pouring. It wasn't a drip. It was a pour onto the floor. It was really gross. And uh, but then I'm back to training again too. I started today, and uh, you know I just want to be bigger and stronger obviously i'm not going to grow any taller but you know (laughs) i can at least get some more muscle on this body and uh get a little stronger so you know my goal last year was to miss no more than four field goals so i beat that so now my record or now my goal is to i want to beat that sean fleming record of consecutive field goals and i want to beat my record of no more than three field goals now so we'll see what happens that is sean white kicker for the edmonton eskimos had a great season he is coming back. It was great to have Brian Benning in studio. Kevin Carius from Global Television standing by uh, in studio. Uh, great stories on air from Brian. Maybe even better ones off air, but that's how it goes sometimes. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Kevin standing by. You can call 780-496-0063. Text 630-630.
This is Cam Talbot. This is Oscar Plethbaum. This is Zach Cassian. This is Ryan Nugent Hopkins. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers. Help bring Christmas to those who might otherwise go without. Please support 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous. It is 7-16. My name is Reed Wilkins inside Sports on 6.30. Chad, day off for the Oilers. They'll have some team meetings tomorrow back on the ice on Friday. Game day Saturday against the Tampa Bay Lightning who are uh, getting set to take on the Calgary Flames tonight. Some other news and notes here from the NHL. Jonathan Quick expected back in mid-February. The Kings goalie suffered a lower body injury way back on October 12th. Ron Wilson, who has coached over 1,400 games in the NHL, uh, seventh most all-time in games coached, is uh, reportedly recovering from a stroke, so hopefully he'll uh, be all right there. Dale Talon is resuming control of management duties and hockey ops in Florida. That's according to TSN's Darren Dreger. Of course, uh, Talon was kind of uh, had some power taken away in the offseason, and then about three weeks ago, they fired Gerard Gallant as head coach. Tom Rowe came down to be the coach for the rest of the season. They were only 2-3-3 three, and three under Rowe, so Dale Talon sliding back in there. Kevin Carius from Global Television in studio. That's an interesting story going on with the the, uh, the Florida Panthers. Uh, that's a franchise in disarray. And, and they looked like they were maybe going in the right direction. Yeah, I think maybe with Talon coming back and doing some things, that'll happen again. But they made some decisions here in the last couple of weeks that make absolutely no sense. Gerard Gallant, I mean, mm-hmm. great season. And, you know, still got a good goaltender. And you thought, okay, there's a con- there's a contending team. There's like, because that franchise has not been a good franchise. Well, their record overall. in the last several years is pretty good. You know, and I mean, they were Decent, on they but were they never, trending I mean, upwards. cup final. Fair enough. No, no, I don't mean that. But, I mean, now they're a legitimate playoff team, mm-hmm. what they've showed. But then they make a lot of dumb decisions and the things that they've done in the last couple of weeks, and it just basically negates any positive momentum that you've created. Still 13-13-4 on the season with 500 in the NHL. Isn't that good anymore? So uh, we'll see where they go from there. Uh, Kevin, we had Brian Benning uh, uh, in studio. Well, it's yeah, tough awesome. to follow that, isn't it? I mean, what a great orator. I mean, <laughs> just a linguistic specialist. I mean, if anyone should have got into broadcasting after playing, it should have been Brian. But radio, for sure, for him. Well, he's still young. Radio, but radio, not TV for Brian. <laughs> well, I think he'll be on Inside Sports again. Pretty, pretty good stuff. He had some interesting perspective there about playing for uh uh i mean usually you don't say you play for the owner but mm-hmm. bruce mcnall was such oh. a public figure when he owned the la kings a bit of a villain to some oilers fans obviously i mean that's the thing some some oilers fans remember the gretzky sale and yeah. they hate both owners involved one guy for doing it the other guy for 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 taking it but i made the point to brian like bruce mcnall made it relevant to be an la king they would had a couple good teams you know dion was there They'd never really gone deep in the playoffs. Man, a Kings fan, you know, and, and a hockey fan. You know, I think that's just as important as it is to be an L.A. King. I mean, he, along with Wayne Gretzky, you know, they put hockey on the map in, in California. And I, I talked to Bruce on Monday, and who knows if there's, you know, now another team going in a quote-unquote non-traditional. Who knows if there's a mm-hmm. Vegas without Gretzky ever having gone there. It's well, it's the, the fallout, if you think about it, it's pretty mind-blowing. Yeah, it's funny, you, you mentioned the Kings and, and with Florida, and if you got Brian's stats right there. Brian, had, I think, I haven't looked at his stats for a while, but in Florida, he was, I think he had probably some of his best years, too. 
Well, he finished off there. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, he had a very good year in 1994 in Florida, 30 points, six goals, 24 assists, and that's kind of the numbers that he had in L.A., so, you know. Yeah, he was a good uh, good player, good interview, good to, good to have him on the show. Um, the Oilers, uh, I mean, I was going to talk more about them earlier. I, I'm looking here, Kevin, they're 15, 12, and 5 overall. Okay, mm-hmm. they're right in there. You can't help but ignore that they started seven and one, and they're eight, eleven, and five since. So okay, you know, you know, under under five hundred, the overtime points could turn out to be valuable end of the season. They got nineteen games between now and the All Star break, nine home, ten away. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty even. Schedule's a little more spaced out, so they're not going to have these five games in a week. So I look at these nineteen. I mean, you, I think if they can scratch out 10, 10 wins. Then you probably go into the All-Star break, 31 games left, and you're thinking like, okay, they're, they're still in the horse race. I think so. Um, I think, was it last week you asked me what my biggest concern is? Yeah, was we with did the that. Ho- yeah. yeah. You know what, my biggest concern right now with, for the hockey club is that after 32 games, there hasn't been anyone that really wants to play right wing on Connor McDavid's line. I mean, when you think about it, here's, you know, questionably the first or second best player in the world, and they can't find a match right now for him to play someone to play right wing consistently and put up good numbers, or not even good numbers, but play well on that line and cause that line to be a force. And that would be a concern 32 games in for me. Um, you know, I was thinking about it. So who else? I mean, they tried pretty well everyone yesterday, and and, and admittedly, Todd McClellan said, well, yeah, we're just trying to find anyone mm-hmm. at the end of the game. So we had what? They had four guys on that right wing last night? Everly played Kajula there. started. Dreisaitl went in. A couple shifts. That's you know, to help with face There's five guys, I think. Yeah. You know, whatever. There's at least four or five guys that had a, a little sniff there. So I was thinking, well, so who's left? And, you know, it was funny, and I, 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 I don't even know why I feel weird saying this, but... Because they had some decent chemistry last year, if Benoit Pouliot could move to the right wing, how would you like that as Pouliot on the right wing and then Milan Lucic on the left side and McDavid in the middle and see how that would pan out? You know what? I'm glad you brought that up, Kevin, because this has been in my my brain and I've never really got into it on air. First of all... I, I, I mean, to me, it's clear. Leon Dreisaitl has had the best connection with Connor McDavid. But do you want to take him off mm-hmm. another line where guys... It empties see- things out. You know, you're leaving the cupboard bare in certain situations. Exactly. And clearly, Leon has been able to, over the last 20 games, has been able to flourish regardless of who he's playing. I mean, he's been with Pouliot and Pitlick. He's been with Pouliot mm-hmm. He's been with Maroon. And clearly, when Leon's on the ice, things happen. And when he's on the ice with McDavid, even better, great things happen. You know, you mentioned the the chemistry with McDavid, and you said Pouliot had, had, had it. He had some last year, yeah. Now here's here's my argument there, and I don't totally agree with you. And I'm going to explain why. Because what did we hear last year too, and even going into this year before he got traded? We'll give Yakupov another chance there, and and Pouliot had chemistry there. I would I would argue that Yakupov and Pouliot. Yes, they got some points with McDavid, but they often, I mean, I can remember specific goals. You know, one of McDavid's goals against Toronto, Pouliot throws the puck into the open ice, McDavid catches up to it. 
to I, I would argue that that is not chemistry. That's not playing with McDavid. That's simply recognizing, oh, heck, I play with a guy that's really fast, so I'll throw a long bomb and he'll catch up to it. To me, Dreisaitl is the only guy that has consistently proven he can play with McDavid in terms of the mental side of the game, recognizing passing lanes and controlling the puck in the offensive zone, not just laying the puck ahead and McDavid goes and gets it. I'm not disagreeing with that at all. I mean, and because Leon Dreisaitl is the second best player on the team. Sure. Okay, so I mean, when you put your best player on the team and your second best player on the team, something good should happen. It doesn't give you the balance that the team is looking for. I mean, if you... And I, first of all, let me just say that I, I, I'm Benoit Pouliot I, hasn't deserved anything to go on that line. He hasn't done anything to deserve to play with Connor McDavid in my mind. But if you just say, for instance, it's a different, it's a different combination when you leave Lucic on the left side. I mean, Pouliot's going to have to go to the right wing to make this happen because you don't want to make Lucic go to the right wing. You don't want to make two things and two changes right. on, on something like that. Maybe it's, it would work even better with Pouliot because he's got Lucic now already on that line and someone else that creates some more space for him even down low. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 interesting, and and it you know it's interesting that, that you bring it up that you know that feeling that I mean McDavid leads the league in scoring that there's still more points it's out there weird. to get like if somebody any team you know Rob Brown would tell you too like okay so he gets to go play with Mary Lemieux and what did he do he, forty nine goals exactly yeah so, fifty he'll tell you right exactly so there's a situation where you're playing with the best player in the world at the time. And you take advantage of it, and you think yourself through. Rob Brown would be the first to tell you that he thought the game as well as anyone. He probably he'll be the first to tell you that he didn't have the talent anywhere close to Marilyn Lemieux, even though he scored a million points in junior. But he's smart enough to play the game to adapt to the situations with Lemieux, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, just like I was telling you a few weeks ago, you can't play with McDavid. You have to think the game like him. Yeah. Well, and that, uh, that's that's a great way to put it, and that's the beauty of watching McDavid and Dreisaitl, even when they're on different lines. And, Kevin, I mean, we're lucky. We get to watch from the press box. Mm-hmm. you got an unbelievable view of the ice, and even, even watching on TV, you have a pretty good view. And w- when you watch enough hockey, you can 99% of the time you can see where the puck should go, what the right decision is if if the player can see it on the ice and then react quickly enough. The fun thing about watching McDavid as Dreisaitl, for me, is even when I'm up top, they still make passes where I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. where, what's he doing? Oh, you know, for the, for the yeah. you go, I didn't realize I was a passing lane, and he's, he's seeing it down there, and I can't even see it from up top. Yeah, I, I'm just more looking at it in the big picture, Reed, with in after 32 games, you can't say that there is a, that's the guy you want playing right wing with Connor McDavid besides Leon Dreisaitl. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Maybe that guy is... In the organization, well, he's still, still out maturing. there. We don't know. Or, or they, or no. they try to add. There's been how many guys? Like, think about how for Connor McDavid, he's played with six, eight right wingers already. Thirty-two games. Yeah. Well, and he's played with a few left wingers too. Yeah. Maroon's been there. Pouliot's been there. Lucic has been there. Paul's yeah. been there. No, no, I'm just talking this year. Really, it's just oh, been sure. Luch- I'm, I'm Lucic just going and Maroon really year, in thirty-two yeah. games. Yes, those but two thirty-two guys games this year. this year, he's probably played with at least a half dozen right wingers. Yeah, I don't think Cassian's been up there, but almost everybody else has gotten a run at some point, for sure. Maybe maybe you give Pitlick more time there. There's another option. At least he goes to the net. Yep. 
Coming up to the 7.30 news, 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. I'm Reed Wilkins. He's Kevin Carius from Global Television. We'll keep rolling. Drop off a new toy for 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous at any shopping center, Costco, Toys R Us, or Canadian Tire. Making Christmas dreams come true. 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous. All right, thanks for tuning in. 733 Inside Sports on 630 Chad. I'm Reed Wilkins. Kevin Carius is here from Global Television. Matthew Panaschik on the other side of the window this evening. Matthew, old boy, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Reed. I don't know if you knew this, Kevin. Matthew Panaschik. What about him? He resigned. No. Monday's his last day. It well, is. What's going on, Big Daddy? He's moving on to other adventures in his life, so he has a goodbye party on uh, on Monday. So that he invites old Monday. Monday. What about a Saturday, Sunday, Monday, yeah, Monday kind of thing? I know. First of all, don't worry about that. Three days. That's, that's a whole other <laughs> issue. So, of course, he invites uh, old Wilkie. So I'm happy to go out on uh, Monday after Inside Sports. Guess where the guess where the party was? Where? Hooters. <laughs> I didn't know they had one. Rolling in into Hooters, it's uh, out on 178th Street and uh, 99th Avenue. Oh, as I've known. I had to, I had to look it up. So uh, only my second time in a Hooters in my life. This week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I will say this: given the attire, it perhaps should be more called Booters instead of Hooters. And now I've seen them highlight a different area of the body. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, yeah. See here, I, I don't know. I'm just a little old, Reed, so I don't, don't. get to go out. To the, I don't frequent don't, the don't establishments. Don't make it sound like you're old I don't old frequent the establishments that you do, big guy. I don't frequent Hooters. <laughs> well, Matthew, why did you select Hooters? Well, one of our news guys, Thomas Dias, loves the wings there, so we <laughs> well, decided now, to now go there. Throw yeah. Thomas under the bus. Uh, yeah, Thomas Dias, it's his fault. It was a good party, though. I enjoyed it. Why Thank didn't you, you pick coming. where you wanted to go for your goodbye party? Uh, no, I mean, that was, a, that was a fine place to go for me. I don't <laughs> mind Hooters. I, I loved Hooters. I went there for my 10th or 11th birthday. No joke. Yeah. My dad <laughs> took me there, so I was like, yep. Hooters it is. Well, the wings were good. I did have a plate of wings. They were very good. Yeah. Well, thanks for including oh, uh, me. By the way, I should say, back in the day, I can say I was at the ranch at the same time as Kevin Carius. The ranch golf I've, and country I've club. I've been there the same time as you. The ranch I golf saw and you country there. club. You guys golf together, or you were in? You, Kevin was, he was talking in the about ranch? another ranch. Oh, another ranch. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, here I thought you were talking about uh, the ranch golf and country. Oh place. no, the other ranch that maybe uh, some of our listeners don't know about. I've never heard of that place. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. I guess now I'm too old for that place. Yes. You're never too old to have to fit in anywhere. Oh, you're Just too old. Just carry yourself we're both with too a certain for the stature. Not for the golf course, though. But. Oh, okay. I miss golfing. Can't wait to golf again. You got about four more months. Can I play in your tournament again this year? Sure. When is it? Do you know? July the sixth or seventh, whatever oh, the I'll Wednesday is. I'll try to be is, available. Yeah. Uh, where was it? Belvedere. It's at the Belvedere again. Yeah. This it's year. going yeah. Belvedere again. It'll be Belvedere again. Yeah. That's a heck of a course, eh? It's a great course, and uh, they do a remarkable job for our uh, Easter Seals tournament. And uh, looking forward to it again. How many annuals is this going to be this year? Twenty-six. This is the we had the silver anniversary last year. No, so. but so so there was a, a media celebrity 
before you? Because you haven't been well, in Edmonton 25 years. No, uh, no, I've been in 19. So uh, Kelly so, Buckberger started it, oh, it was nice. with Easter Seals. And I think they might have been a couple years in. Then uh, Bucky took it over. And then Rem Murray uh, took it over. And then Steve Steos and I kind of did it together. And then I took it over. It was like a curse. No one wanted to be there because everyone was gone once they got associated with me in the <laughs> oh, tournament. Geez, they got <laughs> traded. Yeah. He knows Carrius. Get him out of Get him out of there. No, that was, uh, thanks. And thanks for including me last yeah, year. That was a lot of it'll fun. Be good. Yeah, I think I, I think I golfed and then went to work. Probably, probably. That's so dedicated. Yeah. I am. Oh yeah. That, honestly, in the summer, my schedule's great for that. I get up at six, got a seven o'clock tea time, done by ten, depending on where you go. Yeah. And then over to Hooters for lunch. Then over to Hooters set. for for lunch, and uh, you know. <laughs> 7.37 Inside Sports on 6.30 Chat. Kevin, we brought up a topic. I can't remember if it was last week or two weeks ago. and Because we'll text during the day and be like, oh, what if we talk about this? I mean, we wing a lot of it too, but sometimes we're like, oh, we should talk about this. And I texted you about it, and you you sounded, you your text seemed really enthusiastic. <laughs> and then we kind of, I kind of shortchanged you on the time, and we spent like a minute on it. And I think at Christmas, it's a good good time to bring it up. But we wanted to touch on, and you want to touch on the, the good guy. Oh, athlete, yeah. Good guy athletes. For sure. Because there are a lot of guys and gals who donate money, time, mm-hmm. and it's not always in, in the headlines. Some well, it was oh, the Connor a, McDavid story we used as a jumping off. Right one. on, yeah. He went to the stallery on his day off. Yep. There were no cameras. I mean, the family put it out there on social media, but Connor didn't say, like, hey, Global, come do a story on me. He just went and did it. Yeah. Um, Brian Benning's a good example. And today, um, does, he's, does, he's at my tournament every year. He does a lot of other charity stuff that people don't know about. He actually bought a pretty big item at uh, the Easter Seals tournament last year. But... I mean, we, we talked about Connor McDavid going to the Stollery in years past. Like, I mean, I think it's, you, you could say, like, George LaRock and Doug Waite and Ryan Smith would be probably the three top Oilers. I don't want to slight anyone, or you know, but those are the three that come to mind uh, for me. I, I know, and I don't want to get anyone in, into any trouble here, but, um, like, Ryan Smith has donated so much to the Stollery for one. I think there were times that certain teammates felt uneasy about Ryan contributing as much as he did and has because it made them feel like they needed to or it feel made them feel like they didn't care as much. And that just shows that but just and Ryan there was no way he wanted to make them feel that way but he just contributed the way that he wanted to. So yeah. well, if a guy is compelled to do it, then he but he do did it. it so much and so often that a lot of other players on the Oilers felt, oh man, you're making us look bad, kind of thing. That's how they felt. So, I mean, uh, but there were, you know, I mean, again, George Larac, same thing, Go, going there unannounced visits just to cheer people up, cheer the kids up, and Doug Waite did it a ton. Uh, you know, a lot of guys in the organization and a lot of guys in the Eskimos organization organization over the years have done the same. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of uh, Eskimos go to school visits, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just to talk about staying in school, literacy uh, stuff they went through. I mean, I know... Bullying uh, is a big thing now with the Eskimos. Yeah. They do a lot with that. Yeah. I mean, I know uh, it, it's funny. My, my some people, uh, if you're anybody listening in Evansburg, might remember my dad. He was the principal of the, of the junior senior high school there for almost 25 years, 
And after I had graduated in the 90s, we got Eskimo season tickets as a family. And my dad became the biggest Jed Roberts fan yeah. because he went out and spoke at, at Grand Trunk High School a couple of times just about uh, challenges in life and family life and playing football. And my dad said, I'll cheer for Jed Roberts. Mm-hmm. And he had with Jed's hearing impairment. He did yeah. a lot of stuff with that. Came out of Colorado and, you know, came up here and was just, you know, he's done remarkable work uh, raising awareness for that. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a good story. And Kevin Lowe was on with uh, Bob today talking about Christmas Bureau stuff. And I'd like to tell you a Kevin Lowe story from today. I'm going to hold off on it a little okay. bit, but I'll tell you during the break. Uh, just unreal. We can't put it on the radio? Not yet. Oh, it's coming up on Global? I don't know yet. <laughs> yeah, I, hope probably it's on, I hope probably it's coming going up on Global. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. Uh, speaking of Christmas, I have a very special Christmas uh, announcement coming up after the commercial break. And uh, Kevin and I will talk a little bit about uh, the Lou Marsh Award debate. First of all, is it actually a debate? Do people care about this award anymore? And uh, and uh, you know, should have it had gone the way uh, that it did. Seven forty two inside sports on Chet. I'm Mike Riley. I'm Chris Ketzlaff. I'm Adarius Bowman. I'm JC Shirt of your Edmonton Eskimos. This season, please support six thirty Chet Santa's Anonymous. Latest. Lightning and Flames just underway. No score. Bruins and Penguins 2-2 early in the third. Late in the third, 2-2 between the Sharks and the Senators. Flyers and Avalanche will start at the top of the hour. The Oil Kings still trailing 2-1 in Saskatoon. That's late in the second period. Along with Kevin Carius from Global Television, I am Reed Wilkins. Kevin, I don't know uh, if, if you knew this, but I, I have dabbled in a bit of a musical career. Uh, kazoo? Well, last year... Uh, this time of year, I was I was pleased to announce the first ever I- Inside Sports Christmas album. Okay, and the response was so overwhelming. You know, iTunes uh, record sales, tapes, the actual cassette, eight tracks, eight tracks being. We we did every format. Mm-hmm. You know, you put it on wax, cranking the did, old right? phonogram. Yeah, you put it on some wax. We thought, well, we have to spread Christmas cheer. We have to. I have to do another Christmas okay. album. So we've got a little promo here. You've heard him on Inside Sports. Now, let him welcome Christmas into your heart like only he can. Stand up and cheer, make David scores. He is so fast, very fast. It's Reed Wilkins with his second annual Christmas album, the perfect gift for someone who will listen to anything. The Cubs have won, finally won. Cleveland, their fans are drunk. This once-in-a-lifetime album is not available in stores, so act now to have Reed brighten your holiday season. Here comes Tiger Woods, here comes Tiger Woods, trying to golf again, swinging and potting and trying to keep it all straight in his brain. When you think of Christmas, you probably don't think of Reed Wilkins, and you still won't after listening to this album. Bolivai, Bolivai, Bolivai Mitchell Won a lot of games, but not the Grey Cup Henry Burris took it away Put the stamps back in their place Make it a perfect holiday with the Reed Wilkins Christmas album Not available anywhere Oh, Let me turn on my uh, headset here again I get emotional listening oh. to that 
just some like the the writing is so clever you know it just it just flows off the tongue doesn't it it <laughs> really really does yeah really redefines what christmas is all about <laughs> oh, uh dean boy. vince in our production department uh thanks for his assistance in that i like the bull levi mitchell you sounded like nestor pister for a little Did bit I? yeah well i was kind of yeah. channeling i, I kind of look at my vocal stylings as a cross between nestor pister and beyonce yeah yeah it's about sort the of a nessance type yeah. sound i know nestor quite well he's a good guy <laughs> seriously no i'm sure he is yeah. I, i'm not i'm not debating oh, yeah. that i'm not debating that so that's my christmas album and uh, again maybe I'm, you I'm and really, him can really do really a, proud a, of a duet Christmas duet. I think that's what I'll do next year, the Inside Sports Duets with Christmas Nestor album. Pister. Well, I, I, no, I, I had oh, yeah. song, oh, right, one yeah. song with each, with a bunch of different people. That's a great idea. Like, who did that? Uh, I don't know. Somebody did that where they Taylor did a bunch Swift of duets with, now, did they? For, yeah, or she. Yeah. Didn't Tony Bennett and uh, Lady there, Gaga do an yes, album together? Tony Bennett and, um, what's her name? Maybe, uh, uh, yeah, Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga did one. Oh, okay. Uh, maybe I could get like um, the uh, I can't believe I forgot his name. He's been on the show, the country guy from uh, Brett Kissel. Flat Lake, Brett Kissel. Yeah. You and I could do one together. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, he listens to the show all well, the time. For sure, he's he does. proud of. Him. Yeah, I mean, he's only human. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Carey, Street Wilkins with you. Uh, cousin Dominique texting in. He says, "I now feel stupider after hearing that." Well. Well, Cousin Dominique, I didn't know you could feel any stupider. <laughs> <laughs> it's a record. Yeah, it really is. All right. Uh, all joking aside, though, uh, well, we still might joke about this. Uh, Kevin Carius, Reed Wilkins with you in studio. The uh, Lou Marsh Award was uh, announced. When was it? Just yesterday? Yesterday, So yes. Penny Alexiak, outstanding story from the uh, Olympics, where she get four medals. Four medals, And then she just gold. has won more at the short track championships in the past week. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, you know Sidney Crosby was up there. Andre DeGrasse uh, got some votes. Derek Druen, the outstanding high jumper, got some votes. I think they were the top, all in the top Probably four. Probably top four, yeah. Um, to me, it was to me, Kevin. I was surprised that there were actually some people upset that she won. Now I know Crosby had an incredible year, but I just think to myself, an, an Olympic year, that's that's their chance. I mean, she could win. Every race in 2017, no one cares because it's not the Olympics. I, 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 I think it should default if there is somebody that's that, in my mind, obvious. I, I think it should default to an Olympian in those years. I don't have a problem with that. Having, having said that, if someone comes up with a better year, like let's pretend, let's just say Milos Ronic sure. wins a major. Okay, now he becomes the first uh, Canadian man to win a major. Now you have to take that into consideration. Yes. That's now, that, because you have to. There's no question about it. He didn't have a good enough year to be right. close. So let him just I mean, Mike Weir or whatever. Hypothetically, so yeah. golfer wins a major. A major. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You have to take that into consideration. I mean, I don't understand why people would be upset that she won. I, that's just... I mean, well, maybe upset's too strong a word, but there was well, a, a, a debate why about Why would it. you even debate it? Like... And even, I'll tell you, whoever, whatever athlete on the morning of 2017 doesn't get up and go, I want to win the Lou Marsh Award this year. Yeah. They don't, especially hockey players. They don't, it doesn't really matter if if whatever hockey player, they don't go back on their career and go, yeah, I won the Stanley Cup and I won the Hart Trophy, 
but I'm most proud of right. the Lou Marsh Award. Okay, and so there's no disrespect to the award and what it signifies and stands for. It's just the way it is. So then that that's another over overview type statement about it or question about it. Do these awards have relevance anymore? Oh, I think they do. You think they still yes, do? Yes, they do, for sure. And I mean, uh, again, it, this award meant more to Penny Alexiak than it would to Sidney Crosby. So, if we're giving out this award, then should we? Does, do we need to? Ex- just, should should we pick a hockey player of the year and a Lou Marshall? We award? already do that. We pick the we pick Sidney Crosby as the Conn Smythe. We picked him as okay. No, the but MVP. that's that's still separate because that's league stuff. I'm saying if if the no, we the don't Toronto, need, we don't need to sort this all out and say Canada's best baseball player this year, Canada's best okay. whatever. No, this is fine. It's fine just the way it is, and it's fine for us to debate about it for today and. That'll probably be it. We won't even talk about it. I would agree. Till, We're not going to talk year. about it again until next year. You know, so, you know, she accomplished something no, ever, no other swimmer had, no other athlete had done in Canadian Olympic history. Full marks for her. She totally deserves to be the Lou Marsh winner. And good for her. Yeah, when I, and I was probably, when I say default to an Olympian, I'm not saying no matter what. But I don't. I didn't really look they at carry any a other little Canadian. more weight on the Olympic year. Yes, and I didn't really look at uh, Crosby's year as excellent as it was, and say, "Oh my God, that was the best season by a hockey player in 15 years." Or he got 150 points, and no one does that anymore. He was outstanding. But I'm kind of like four Olympic medals, and at her age. She could win it again in four years, the Lou Marsh. She might. We'll have the same argument. It'll be the only problem. It'll, it'll be, be McDavid. Connor McDavid. Yeah. Well, hopefully it'll be Connor McDavid. Yeah, it's it's it's. I mean, it's it's fun to see uh, to see what those are. And and I know I, does the Canadian press still do it? They'll do their own yeah. male, female, and team of the year. I, exactly. And so if a Canadian team wins the Stanley Cup, which they haven't in a long time. It's it's them. Pretty well automatic. Yeah, I mean it's. I mean to me, picking team of the year is. I mean sometimes it's the World Junior team, and I'm kind of like, how do you pick a team of the year? Like, how do you how do you know it's not the Melville Millionaires? It could very well be. <laughs> do you still follow the Melville Millionaires? Yeah, I do. I'm heading back to Melville to do a, a charity dinner next uh, January 14th for Melville Minor Sports to uh, raise some funds and stuff like that. So, hey, it's a hometown. You have to kind of watch. And, of course, Melville, they've never won the SJHL title ever. Ever? Ever. They've been in the league forever. They have been in the league forever. There is not a championship banner. Very close, some unbelievably close series that they've had over the years. Remember one in 1976 or, yeah, 76? They had, Brian Propp was playing for them at the time. Oh, nice. And they lost to the Prince Albert Raiders in uh, seven games in the, it might have been six games, actually, in the SJHL final. Terry Simpson coached the uh, Raiders. They had tons of guys that went on to play in the NHL and played uh, NCAA hockey. That was just a crazy, crazy time in, in the SJHL. I, I did not know that they'd never won the title. Never. They had another close call against Flin Flon and maybe 93, something like that. I was actually working in the business at that time, covering, and I covered the games. Your hometown in, team? Yeah, in Flin because I was working in Prince Albert. So I went oh, up to I cover. see. I went up to cover. I was working at CKBI Radio, or CKBI TV. That's still pretty far, and, PA to Flin Well, back then, that's what it was, the SJHL final. It was the biggest so event in the go. province, right? Yeah, we would go. And they were, that's when, that's when it first started out, when they were started throwing, like, carp and elk hooves on the ice. Oh, right. Like the massive elk hooves when the Flin Flon Bombers scored. Now, that is a crazy building, that Flin Flon uh, Whitney Forum. 
Yeah, they would be throwing stuff like you wouldn't believe on the ice and fights in the stands. That was wild. <laughs> you didn't get any tinny. No. Well, I was working. <laughs> we're in the just, press box, yeah. Just working. lock the camera oh. on center ice had, and go fight. There was a coach for, do we have a couple minutes here? What do we have for we have, uh, a minute? We have a minute 30. Okay, there was an old coach for North Battle, or uh, well, he was in North Battle at first, then he went to Flint Flon. His name was Normie Johnson. And he. I remember reading the program when we went into, like as a reporter going to Flint Flon, getting there early and reading this program that said, in the coach's comments, it said, I was so disappointed with the fans in Melville throwing stuff at our bench. Well, every Flin Flon fan read this thing and went back outside, bought a dozen eggs, and started hurling them at the Melville bench. They had to put the soccer thing up, like, you know, yeah. to cover the bench the, it, with, yeah. uh, with poly wrap so the guys oh, wouldn't get pounded. <laughs> that's, that's another show. Kevin, Merry Christmas. Yeah. So Merry we Christmas got a to game you. Yeah, next uh, Wednesday, so I think we're back in the new year. Best of the season to you, Reed. Uh, going to overtime, San Jose and Ottawa tied 3-3. Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I'll have inside sports from uh, 6-8. to eight. Kelly Rudy's going to be on the show. Uh, Eskimos O-lineman Justin Sorensen recently re-signed. He's going to drop into studio as well. And the latest from the Oilers, it uh, looks like just meetings tomorrow. I think they're going to stay off the ice. Thanks to Matthew Panastic, our studio producer. Dave Campbell is the producer of Inside Sports. My name is Reed Wilkins. Always a pleasure. Charles Adler tonight is up next. Have a great evening. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.